Good afternoon, Seattle. Good afternoon, my friends out there all over the Fruited Plain. It's your friend Dan in Little Saigon, Seattle. If you happen to hear the roary noisy of a construction working project right outside my window, that's because there is one. It is Monday, January the 4th, 2021. Can you believe it? Right around 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. What a wonderful, wonderful fucking time of year, right? Monday in January, right after New Year's. And ordinary times, and I don't even know what that means, in times we would remember as not being quite so fucking terrible, January can be a depressing month. It can. I mean, people get depressed around the holidays, they want to kill themselves, they probably drink too much, and although, frankly, I think in some cases, drink too little. (laughs) But people want to kill themselves. They choose that final solution. And that's in, you know, everyday, run-of-the-mill times when you're not surrounded by liars and lies, when you're not surrounded by obvious contradictions, They tell you there's a massive fucking pandemic, but the construction in Seattle never stops, and the motherfuckers outside my window don't appear sick. And do they wear masks? Sure they do. Do they socially distance? Not really. And you know something? If you're getting shit done in a confined space, and you gotta actually communicate with people, social distancing doesn't really fucking work anyways. That's the truth. So the construction continues outside my window. The construction continues everywhere in Seattle where they can. I mean, it's been a bit rainy the last few days. I don't really, can't really say or call it natural looking rain, but people believe it's normal, so it's normal. Because they're told it's normal. Whatever. I don't give a fuck. Let me give you a quick lesson on the Overton window if we've never discussed it. The Overton window basically refers to what you would call, you can refer to as, I got a little cotton mouth, what you can describe as the range of subjects that are allowed within your society. So, for example, the concept of taboo would actually always be outside the Overton window, way the fuck outside. Because the Overton window is even more specific. It refers to ideology, belief system, paradigm. We've talked about paradigm on the Little Saigon Report. We have talked about paradigms. Models of the universe you keep in your head. For example, I'm a Christian. And I also believe we live in a physical world, a world created by God, but it, it isn't really magical. Yeah, that's an Eden thing. A lot of Christians tend to forget that. It's a, it's a, rule that's governed, it's a world that's governed by rules. It is, it is a world in which we are born and we die. It is a world in which people get sick and people get well. It is a world in which car accidents occur. It is the world. That's the world we live in. And When I see or look at that world, I can apply logic, reason, mathematics, and the scientific method. Notice I didn't say science, because that's kind of the stupid way to discuss this issue. I said the scientific method, a process of applying mathematics, probability, general reasoning, documentation, and the review of one's peers is also important to the extent that sharing an idea with others means you're crowdsourcing further experimentation. You need to have a model of the world, and then you derive a specific thing called a conjecture, and then even more specific called a hypothesis. And if you have a good hypothesis, usually it's fairly finite. It's not a big thing. It's not things like 
is the earth, you know, is climate change real? That's not a, that's not a good hypothesis or even a conjecture. It might be a good question, but the real thing you need to get to is a hypothesis that you can test. That it, that, you know, has what is referred to as only operational definitions for words, which means things you can do scientifically to either verify the hypothesis as being true or to falsify it. And actually, one of the best ways to verify hypothesis is to try to falsify it. Also referred to as reductio ad absurdum, I think. I think that's correct. So trying to prove yourself wrong is a great way to reason about the world, okay? So this is part of the way I see the world. And then there's God. And it turns out God can do anything, which is amazing. And I believe that. But it also means that even though we live in a physical world and even though we're born and we die, read your Ecclesiastes, motherfucker. If God wants to do something, God can do anything. If I had cancer and God thought I deserved to be cured of cancer, the Lord in heaven could cure me of cancer. I believe that. I might be the worst fucking Christian you listen to this week. But I actually believe that if the Lord in heaven saw fit to cure my fucking cancer, if in fact he didn't see it, as a kind of consequence that we do face, and that is in the Bible. The Lord in heaven would not have spoken in parables. Listen to what I'm about to say. Jesus would have never used parables if there were no consequences. Or let me rephrase that. His parables would have sounded stupid. But in fact, his parables were fucking brilliant. And the reason why they're brilliant is they involve choices. Almost every one, perhaps every single one, involves choices, agency, free will, and consequences. Don't pretend that Jesus did not discuss consequences. If you do, then you clearly have not read your Bible correctly. There are consequences in the Old Testament and consequences in the New Testament. And that is also part of my paradigm. So in terms of how I see the world, I would say the Overton window is currently shifted to this kind of New World communism um, de-identification, which means ultimately nobody has an identity any longer. You know, I, I sometimes refer to it as the shaved head THX 1138 type scenario. You know, imagine Robert Duvall with the ginger in a little pod. That would be your future. That's where the Overton window is moving. When they say things like, you know, everybody deserves a UBI. Listen, I saw a couple Republican senators come out this week and say, every American should get 2,000 bucks. Every single one, every single one should get 2,000 bucks. So here's the deal, folks. The Overton window refers to an allowable range of discourse. So yesterday's liberal becomes today's conservative. And you shift in a certain direction. You don't have to. The Overton window can move in any direction. But throughout my lifetime, it's mainly shifted towards the left. And I don't even want to beat up on the left too much. It's more like it's shifted towards this kind of technocratic, oligarchic, snobistic, I don't even know if that's a good word, but it's the, the coalition of the fucking snobs, and generally speaking, sociopaths and pedophiles. And these are the ones who've decided where that fucking window's gonna go. It's not an accident that the FBI is probably getting pretty close to normalizing pedophilia. Let me rephrase, or no, restate what I just said, actually. The FBI is getting very close to the point where they're gonna consider a pedophile to be a normal sexual expression, a gender of some sort, a pedophile. That is what happens when the Overton window keeps moving and all you folks are more worried about flipping houses. So, uh, so sorry about that, though. So, yeah, on Twitter, um, currently the Overton window is shifting towards this kind of weird space it's like a lot of people who were talking up boogaloo bullshit, fighting back, the rebel, the rebel collective. There were so many names in 2020 for these bullshit groups, and they're not real. 
Or if they are real, they're really stupid, okay? Um, but the Overton window is now sort of in the space of, well, to UBI, two grand, an election's coming up, great. We can vote again. I don't know. I need to talk about something because it's related to Twitter and why I'm never going to go back on there again, although I always say that, but it's like cigarette smoking. You know, Twitter reminds me of smoking cigarettes, actually. Oh my God, Twitter is exactly like smoking cigarettes. Um, and I used to love smoking cigarettes, but they were really bad for me. I like Twitter sometimes, but actually it's just really bad for me. It's a lot of gaslighting, a lot of bullshit. I'm having people say things, okay, people in my feed who call themselves Boogaloo or whatever, but they'll say things like, COVID is not so bad. Or if you eat the vitamin-rich foods, you won't get COVID. Or if you exercise or you have tight abs, you won't get COVID. If you take the gin and tonics and the cigarettes and the vitamin D, you won't get COVID. My contention is COVID itself is bullshit. All right? The cigarette cure, the gin and tonic, the vitamin D, your really great abs. I pretty much only drank beer in 2020. I should be dead. If any of the COVID bullshit is even remotely fucking true, I should be dead. But what's more interesting, I should see dead people. I should see people dropping dead because these motherfuckers in Seattle are hypocritical alcoholics. And oh, by the way, wearing the mask weakens your immune system. So if this motherfucking bullshit virus were even remotely fucking true... I should be dead and I should have seen more dead people. Yeah, so sorry. Now, does that mean people haven't been killed? Of course they have. And they will be, you know, more will be killed, actually. A lot more. But it wasn't the COVID. It was your government. So yeah, I'm pretty much sick of Twitter. Um, I'm sick of the bullshit. And let's talk about the worst subject on it. I call them cartoon soldiers. Brave cartoon soldier. cartoon soldier. So one of the reasons why I deleted my account from this last year and then and, and then I ended up creating another one for three weeks, but that's gone now. But the reason why I deleted the previous one is because all these boogaloo fucks were saying, oh yeah, when it gets to the election, it's going to get really, really violent boogaloo and we're all going to come out of our rat's nets boogaloo and igloo luau and Mandalorian bullshit. That never happened though, did it? Now, I did predict Trump would concede before now. I'll accept that failed prediction. But I still think he's going to concede, guys. It's, I, I don't know. I, I, I can see the narrative shifting, possibly, towards Trump. But even if it does, and this is what's critical, and this is what nobody's fucking learning yet, it doesn't fucking matter. In fact, I can see a scenario whereby Trump ends up winning and all the boogaloo, and all the three percenters, and all the support the cops fall in line and turn in their neighbors and turn this place into the same globalist shithole it was going to be anyways. But again, you know what? It doesn't matter because you wear your fucking mask. So your brain is oxygen deprived as it is. Cartoon soldier. Cartoon soldiers planning out their ops. Not afraid of cops because, you know, the cops are their friends. Because many of the cartoon soldiers are cops. And they listen to Q. Cartoon soldier working on your abs, posting shots of your running clock, shot groups, magazines, 3D printers, and other kinds of Bitcoin bullshit cartoon soldier. Fucking cartoon soldier. 
cartoon soldiers on Twitter and social media. Guys, here's the deal. I was in the military for a short period of time. I was honorably discharged. I know a couple things. I was never in combat. I studied military history in graduate school. And I try to forget most of it. One of the reasons why I drink is to forget shit I wish I didn't fucking know. It actually doesn't work that well. Um, it mostly hurts your insides and not so much, well... Anywho, um... Yeah, why do I drink? I know a couple things. Here's what I'll tell you. Actual professionals who are, who are prepared to carry on combat operations don't talk about it on social media. Now, is it possible that some group would have a social media presence? Sure, but it wouldn't be the motherfuckers talking about it or showing their shot groups or talking about their fucking abs and vitamin D and showing you that really healthy meal you could have if only you were in Texas. If only you were in Texas. in fucking Texas. Cartoon soldier. I don't think any of these cartoon soldiers are legit. I don't. I don't think any of them are real. I think they're mostly bullshit. And if you happen to re be real, knowing that I don't ever want to go back to fucking Twitter, and if you happen to know I'm still going to have the blog out there, igluluau.com, you can actually go dfgtc.org slash ri. And you can go right to my fucking thread. So you don't actually have to be on fucking Twitter if you care what I think. And if you want to communicate with me, it's called email. Which in a basic form is at least as secure as your fucking social media bullshit. And if you want to get really fancy, we can send encrypted email. But here's the thing about these cartoon soldiers. It's not just that they're spouting bullshit. Or that in some cases they, they produce fear porn. Like there's this one douchebag, all he posted this last summer was videos of ARs exploding. How can I phrase this? Um, are you fucking stupid? If you actually wanted to get people to participate in this whole thing, you don't focus on the fact that almost every manufactured system of weapons since the beginning of time has a failure rate dumbass. Yeah, shit, you give me an AR, fire 5,000 rounds through it all at once, that's not great, but how does that even remotely match the realities of combat? Not even close, dumbass. But you know what you do achieve with those fucking videos, cartoon soldier? You scare the fuck out of people who might want to buy a gun to protect themselves, to protect their family. That's what you achieve, motherfucker, you fucking cartoon soldier. But it gets worse from here, actually. Because I actually believe these are a kind of honeypot operation. I do believe that the agenda of the people we're talking about um, is a bit nefarious. And maybe they don't understand. I mean, maybe in some cases they're just dumb fucks who don't understand what they're doing. But actually what they're really doing is helping the deep state build lists. Lists of people. Lists of people their opinion specifically around rebellion. That's what you're helping. That's what you're doing. You're doing the work of the deep state, cartoon soldier. You're helping them. You're supporting their fucking agenda. That's what you're doing, cartoon soldier. So all I can tell you is that if you're interested in um, following me, Ever since, I think last summer, I've been keeping my own thread on my own fucking blog. You can read it or not read it. You can come for Jim's articles. They're usually posted at the top, igluluau.com. Or you can just peruse any little Saigon report notes or links or whatever. That's fucking up to you. It'll be the same shit, probably better quality, because I won't have to deal with the gaslighting bullshit. 
perhaps less crazy actually, in the sense of semantics and structure of language and weird grammatical errors that seem to pop up on Twitter, but nowhere else. Isn't that interesting? Jack motherfucker Dorsey, you horrendously big a-hole piece of shit. You want to follow me? Go to igloo.com or dfgtc.org slash ri. That's how hard that is. I guess it's hard. I don't know. Maybe it's easier to live in a fucking ghetto. Actual people with combat experience, and this is what's critical before we go on to the next topic, actual soldiers with combat experience, and that's not me. Actual people ready to defend the freedom of this country should already be in the fucking field. They should already be conducting combat operations. They may not be ready to strike yet, and to be blunt, if they were hitting targets, unless you were nearby, you probably wouldn't fucking know. That's the kind of system we live in now. You wouldn't know. But real, actual operators, people who know what the fuck they're doing, they're not on social media, guys. They're not posting pictures of shot groups. Those motherfuckers probably got good intel and stopped doing that shit in the summer of 2019. Motherfuckers. The actual people who know what the fuck they're doing probably went to ground before even the fucking Event 201 bullshit. If you're listening to a motherfucker on social media and reposting their bullshit about shot groups and abs and vitamin D and their healthy fucking meal and how they have a huge fucking safe full of guns, but by all means keep fucking tweeting to fight the man. If you're doing that shit, you're putting your family at risk. They don't care about your family. The cartoon soldier does not give a fuck if somebody shows up in the middle of the night and attacks you and your family, the cartoon soldier will talk to you about, well, you should have been in Arizona already, or in Nevada, or in the mountains. Motherfucker, shut the fuck up. And if you're, if you're mining Bitcoin, cartoon soldier, or you're looking at the price of Bitcoin right now and saying, oh my God, cartoon soldier, look at how fucking rich I am. You're just, a, you're just another statistic at this point. You're not dead yet. You're pending with a high likelihood. The cartoon soldier doesn't care if your family gets destroyed. The cartoon soldier will claim he's most secure in the middle of Nevada. Let's talk about real military shit, motherfuckers. It is way easier to target a cartoon soldier in the southwest, in the middle of the fucking desert, or even a low-pop suburb, than it is to target somebody in a modern city, dumbass. No, you can kill both. It's a question of how many other people you fucking kill, dumbass. So if you have a cartoon soldier telling you how fucking secure they are in the middle of the fucking desert, posting fucking pictures that modern technology can work out the map structure in in under five seconds, oh shit. How hard would it be to pick up the cartoon soldier from his little gun shooting exercise? Cartoon soldier. If they were really a threat. Jesus fucking Christ, folks. There are threats in this world to the power elite, and they usually just get killed. Sometimes we hear about it. Most times we don't. Cartoon soldier. But I'm just an old bum. You don't have to listen to me. You don't even have to donate. I could use a billion bucks right now so I could go just get the fuck off planet. Yeah, I'd want to take friends and family. I would. I would try to build. I don't know the true shape of the world. I know my friend Jim gets pissed off when I say that. Well, Dan, you can just do the math. Well, Jim, you can go fuck off. But here's my point. Whatever the true shape of the world is, I'd love to fucking know. Wouldn't it be great, cartoon soldier, to know? So if I had a billion bucks right now, I think I would build a hybrid, a hybrid, I'm going to get some more tea here, 
a hybrid dirigible. A hybrid dirigible with an advanced composite um, gas envelope involving new types of technology I haven't quite worked out, but using primarily hydrogen as your lifting gas and using an infrared source plus a microwave system as a particle, a particle gas charging system based on a theory. Yes, my dirigible would be roughly the size of the, uh, the Zeppelin, the, um, the Hindenburg, not with the same bad luck though. It would be a different shape though. It would, it would look more like a diamond with an adjustable structure because of the changes in air pressure. My hybrid dirigible would be able to go up to about 150,000 feet. My hybrid dirigible would be, be powered by an ion drive utilizing water as the actual charge mass. Yes, I would use the black body effect to superheat the, the water into a super vapor. And then a turbine would run a small generator to provide additional electricity as part of the thrust process, but the water itself would be kept in a, in a kind of containment system or curtain system above the main gondola where the people live, and the ion drive would be capable of an extreme amount of thrust. So once we got to 150,000 feet, we could choose to float there, or we could go further. At 150,000 feet, we could also kick in the hydrogen-oxygen rocket system, the super thruster, the super power. Anywho, at that altitude, you know, 23, 25, 30 miles, plus or minus, who cares when you're talking about government work? No, kidding, not government work. We care, no. Who cares if you're so far up? Um, then you kick in the thrusters and the dirigible canopy um, the gas envelope closes in on itself like the wings of an insect because you're pretty much in a vacuum at that point. As you move faster, it closes in more. The hydrogen feeds the engine. Isn't that useful and efficient? And so you go faster. And then you reach escape velocity. And then you head to the stars because you'll reach that Earth lunar system, whatever, but you'll get up to like, I don't know, 150,000 miles an hour. I keep throwing that number around. <laughs> if I had 150,000 bucks, I would go to 150,000 miles and reach 150,000 miles per hour if I had $150,000, but I don't. So I can't do it. There's no way it cannot be done. I don't want to tell you. I went shopping today. Um, yeah, I went shopping. I went to the grocery store and bought groceries. I deliberately decided to not buy anything, any beer-related stuff, which I suppose you could say, well, Dan, that's why your attitude's so shitty. Eh. I don't think it's that simple, guys. But I went grocery shopping. I got some food, some good food. I got some cranberry juice because I think I'm still getting over that. I think it's a urinary, urinary tract infection. It could be renal failure due to diabetes. It could be early onset, onset alcohol syndrome X or Y. It could be, it could be the COVID. In fact, if I went to the hospital right now, I would wager they would call it the COVID. COVID with complications, the main complication is you came to the hospital. Oops. <laughs> That's where you made your mistake, Dan, is going to the hospital. Because, yeah, that's a great, great, great place to die, the hospital. Wouldn't it be great if I was in charge of the advertising campaign for the University of Washington Medical System, whatever, UWMC Medical Center, UW Medical System, UW, I don't know what they call it now, but the great octopus that's consumed most of the hospitals in, you know, this region. Yeah, UW, whatever. Yeah.
so I went shopping and I bought food and um, it wasn't you know I went early like when, when, it, when it was opening so we're talking 6 a.m. and so it was mostly empty there were people there with masks on you have to wear masks to buy food I wear the mask to do the things I got to do to survive I'm not going to claim to be some mask purist if you're living in the middle of fucking nowhere and you don't have to wear a mask, God bless you. I, I, I'm not going to take that away from you. I'm happy for you. I wouldn't recommend gloating about it because I think that's what dirtbags do. But yeah, God bless you. And by the way, social media serves many purposes of gaslighting. But one of the worst forms is the gloating bullshit. Because most of the decent people I've met in this life... Let's talk about that for a second. Let's switch topics from food. Actual tough soldiers I've met don't talk about it. Actual tough soldiers I've met who've been in combat don't talk or gloat about it. They don't go around saying, oh, I killed a bunch of people, and they don't go around saying shit like that, unless they're sociopaths. Now, sociopaths will say shit like that because they know they can get away with it in America. They know they can come back to the States and talk about how many people they killed and everybody will clap. Just like that shitty ass, I forget the name of it, um, that Bill Maher show he did right around the time of Waco. I know, Dan. That's like 27 years ago. So sorry you got to go backwards in fucking time. But he was a dirtbag about that situation. He was a dirtbag about other situations. And that's reality. If people go around killing the right people in America, everybody fucking applauds. And, and again, one doesn't know who the right person is this fucking week. So there are combat soldiers who will come back and they will brag about killing people. You don't ever want to have a fucking beer with these people. The people that actually do those jobs and have a soul, they don't talk about it. They don't brag about it. And the ones that are good at it don't spend any time talking about it. They spend time getting better, which means they're not on Twitter at all. The ones who actually know what the fuck they're doing wouldn't waste their time with social media. Cartoon soldier. And you can apply this to the COVID bullshit. You can apply this to a lot of stuff right now. You know, the people that are talking to you about shit like they know shit. Oh, I lost eight grandparents or something to COVID. I know somebody that lost their whole family. You know, I'm sorry, but I doubt that any of those things happened. But believe me, social media is a great place for people to gloat. Gloating and talking it up and talking lies but definitely gloating. I would recommend something that I don't need to recommend to the people that listen to me. I think the people that listen to me don't deserve to be called stupid. You don't. You don't deserve to have me yelling at you. The problem is I'm angry. But most of you, probably all of you, would spend zero time gloating while people are starving to death. And yes, they are. They're starting to starve to death. I'm sorry. You live in Rome if you live in the U.S. You don't live in the provinces. So sorry... And believe me, this time next year you won't have to, they wouldn't show it on CNN anyways, but they won't keep it keep you from seeing it is what I'm about to say. There won't be any way you won't see it this time next year. Believe me, the COVID is a fucking stealth bomber. But when the actual starvation shows up, that will not be a fucking mystery. You will not require any dancing fucking nurses or corn cobs. <sighs> yeah, so I went and bought food today. And here's a funny thing. I bought about 80 bucks worth, 84. And I'm not going to tell you how long that lasts me. But what I will tell you is, is that a year ago, if I bought 80 bucks worth of groceries, well, let me describe it. I went and bought groceries. I had to walk about a mile and I had to go you know, up five flights of stairs. Not that much. And a year ago, if I had bought 80 bucks worth of groceries, I would have had to gone, you know, go up twice. In the last few months, when I buy about that much in groceries, I can do it in one trip. So, and that's the thing, though. It's like, am I in better shape or is there something else going on? And it sounds kind of stupid, but here's the deal, folks. I'm not in better shape. I'm actually in way worse shape. 
So the only logical explanation to the grocery conundrum is that, yeah, prices have gone up a lot, people. I barely filled a mini cart. You know those mini carts in the top? You know the penthouse of the mini cart? There's like two layers to it. There's the steerage where the people on the Titanic definitely die. And there's the fucking penthouse of the mini cart at the, at the grocery store where maybe you get to live eight hours more. So I was shopping with a mini cart. I fill up the penthouse just barely. That was 84 bucks. And you know something? That's still cheap. That's still cheap. Okay? I know that you want me to say, well, Dan, no, that's crazy. That's crazy talk. No, I'm telling you the truth. It won't matter. But I am telling you the truth. That's really fucking cheap. Nature's not linear, my friends. When the stuff starts going sideways, it isn't going to go up slowly every fucking week. It's going to go up a lot very fucking quickly. And if things are slipping towards, you know, blowing away the dollar, then there's going to be a lot of chaos. You know, they'll probably try to force us onto an electronic coin or something. Let me tell you something. I've worked for the government. They're not that good at doing shit like that. And as far as crypto goes, listen, I'll... I am a late adopter. I'll see it when I, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. When I am able to do the shit I need to do with crypto, God bless you, I'll use it. I don't, and if it's so great, they don't need me as an investor really, do they? So, so guess what? I will use the fucking crypto when I feel comfortable using it. I would prefer to use gold and silver in a true credit-based system, but yeah, if, if I am forced to use crypto, I suppose I'll have to use crypto. But yeah, this is really, yeah. So I went and bought food, 80 bucks worth. No, 84. It filled up the penthouse. Um, I bought a few cans. I bought some ground beef. Um, I bought some food. And it cost about 84 bucks. Now, that is still cheap. And I bought really cheap basic food. Tomato sauce, noodles, kidney beans, ground beef. I don't think there's anything in that list that you would call remarkable. I don't think you would. Um, so for people who are used to diets that aren't that cheap, I have no idea what your grocery bill is, is right now. If you're used to being able to have chicken at every meal or whatever, I have no idea. If you're used to just good vegetables that are not total poison, I have no fucking idea what you're spending right now. And if you're still spending so little that it's not a big deal, God bless you. But don't pretend that's going to last. That ice cream cone started melting a long time ago. I won't pinpoint the date, but probably you could, you could at least say, you know, closing the gold window in 72. The point is, that was going to happen, guys. They knew it. They lied to you. Get the fuck over it. Next topic. So I've been reading this book a friend of mine gave me on prophecy um, by Harry Bultima. Um, the title is Maranatha, and I always say that wrong. It basically means, you know, oh, come Jesus or something. I, I always get it wrong. But it's a really good book, even though I have a problem pronouncing its title. And there's a quote from it that I came across and I'd like to read. It's a very short quote, so you shouldn't be too pissed off. A humanistic optimism points to an irreligious state of the human heart. A humanistic optimism points to an irreligious state of the human heart. What does that mean? Well, for example, if you can live in an empire of evil and yet Say to yourself, well, at least, Dan, we're mining Bitcoin and we're going to have this crypto economy. Sure, this whole thing is connected on the Death Star, Dan, and sure, the Death Star is currently obliterating half the world. But I didn't ask Vader to do it. I didn't ask Vader to do it. I get that answer a lot from people. I didn't ask Vader to do it. Did you stop it, though? Here's what Jesus is going to ask you. He's not going to ask you whether or not your crooked-ass government ever ask for your fucking consent. 1 Samuel chapter 8, read it seven times. Jesus isn't going to ask you that because he already knows the answer. The king doesn't give a shit about your opinion. I mean the king on earth. 
The king on earth does not give a fuck about you. He will murder your wife. See King David. Jesus does not care what the king is telling you to do. Jesus wants to know if you know the difference between right and wrong. A lot of people want to sell me on the whole Tesla, Elon Musk, SpaceX bullshit. A lot of people want to sell me on the crypto bullshit. Guess what? As stated, I'm a late adopter. If there are trips to Mars, I will let you in on a little fucking secret. And not just because I recently saw To Serve Man. But if there are rocket ships headed to Mars, I'm not going to be on the first ship. Or the second ship, or the third ship. Or even the tenth. I probably won't be invited to Mars. But the bottom line is, guys, I'm not going to go on the first rocket to Mars. Not because I don't think Mars is cool, but for other reasons. Like, for example, I'm not even sure it's there. Like, I don't even know how much of that bullshit cosmology I'm fed is true. And given how obscured my skies are most days and nights here in, in Seattle, given that I can't see much of fucking anything up in the sky most fucking days... I don't know what's up there, guys. They clearly don't want us to know because they keep spraying. So I don't know. I'm not going to go on the first rocket to Mars. I was a, Listen, I got my first mobile phone in 2001 when I was 31 years old. And guess what? Mobile phones have been out for a second. I got my first email address when I was 27. Email, address, email addresses, when I got one, had been around for almost 30 years. I got my first computer, even though I'm a software engineer. I didn't really get into it until my late 20s and early 30s. And even though technically I had a couple trash 80s when I was a kid, I didn't really buy my first computer as an adult until 1998. So I'm a late adopter, okay? That's just who I am. When I first heard of the internet as a, hum- a quote-unquote humanities geek, it horrified me. I went immediately to a dystopian place. Looking back to 1994, I think I was fucking right. I knew the source of it. I studied military history. I knew about Gwen. I knew about ground wire emergency network. I knew about the systems that were being built by the DOD. I knew that the World Wide Web was really just a fancy name for DARPAnet. I knew all that bullshit. I knew it, and I wasn't suckered, and the flashing lights did not really confuse me. My first instinct towards the web was, this is going to be a problem. It's not what you think it is. In retrospect, who do you think was fucking right? Well, we'll find out in a few months, I think. That doesn't mean I hate technology, folks. It also doesn't mean I don't think we couldn't have a reasonably ethical network. We could. It would have to be decentralized in a functional way. If somehow crypto makes that happen, wonderful. But if it's not functional, no one's going to fucking use it. Okay? Hint, hint. But yes, I think a decentralized, secure network could be built. And we could do these things ethically. But we have to choose to do them. Okay, there's a big difference between the government building us a fucking compound and say, go play inside. Okay, that's what happened with the computer revolution and the internet. A lot of people think it was, well, it was Steve Jobs and Bill Gates. No, no, guys, you need to take off your drinking glasses. You need to get a little bit fucking sober. The reality is that entire culture was created for us, given to us. We were meant to adopt that culture. We were meant to be plugged into it. Read Zbigniew Brzezinski. He was talking about that shit in the 1960s. So please, by all means, understand, this was planned. Your ghetto on Twitter, that land was purchased a long time ago. Yeah, 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 the buildings weren't built yet, but... There was a sign that said, coming soon, an intellectual wasteland. Yeah, an intellectual wasteland. Anyways. And that doesn't mean I hate everybody on Twitter. I have people I believe exist and are good people I like on Twitter. Great. 
as stated, I got a phone and an email. And at this point in human history, as long as that shit works, I'll be happy. But I'm not even sure how much longer that's going to be true. You know, I've read some of this bullshit. I forget the guy's name, but he's like one of these big deal billionaires. And he said something to the effect that we should all have a government email address. And I was thinking, wow, that's something you don't expect people to say if you believe the Overton window is still pointed towards a free republic. But where we are now, some motherfucker famous for PayPal or something else, some stupid fuck comes out and says, well, maybe the government should give us all email addresses. Oh, really? Dumbass? That's what they did. God, people are stupid. The ghetto you're living on was built by them. Yes, yes, they moved money around. Yes, yes, they created companies like Google and Apple and they convinced you this shit was real. But did you make the choice? Or here's another way of looking at it. And if you think we've gone too far away from the quote, let me read the quote again. A humanistic optimism points to an irreligious state of the human heart. During the the 20th century, during two periods, the 1930s and 60s, the government of the United States decided that it was wrong that people didn't have electricity. Oh my God, there are people in Tennessee or Kentucky without electricity? God forbid. So they basically damned rivers. They damned a lot of rivers. And listen, I don't want to get into the damage done by hydro, you know, hydroelectric dams. There's pluses and minuses to that technique. Although, frankly, me and my friend AJ have fully abstracted the dam. So if anyone wants to build a dam in the desert, believe it or not, AJ and I can build one for you. It's basically, yeah, it's just a kinetic battery or a potential energy battery. They built those in the Middle Ages, actually. Yeah. Pick up a book, The Medieval Machine by Jean Gimpel. The Medieval Machine by Jean Gimpel. Get that for your hard-to-buy-for husband or wife that loves history and technology. The Medieval Machine by Jean Gimpel. Last name spelled G-I-M-P-E-L. And if you can't spell Jean, then Jean-Jacques fuck you, right? Yeah, I'm on my game today. During the 1930s and 60s, our government decided it was wrong to not have electricity. They didn't give a shit that there were people whose lives were uprooted. They didn't give a fuck what damage they did. They made the decision. And even if you think they're right, that decision was not theirs. Right now, we have a government of the world and quote-unquote spokespeople like Klaus Schwab telling us that there is a responsibility to protect, which means that the government can do whatever the fuck they want to you as long as they can make some rational claim that they're protecting something. Not you necessarily. You're going in the wood chipper. But something is being protected. They'll claim it's the people, but they'll never really explain what the fuck they mean when they say that. I love the fact that a lot of you folks want to have faith in technology. And I love the fact that you are evangelists. If you believe in crypto, for example, and you're an evangelist for crypto, and crypto works out, God bless you. You are avant-garde. But would any rational person that believes in freedom want to force crypto on people? Please ask that fucking question before you ever call yourself my friend. And this goes to everybody. I got a lot of friends who get suckered by crypto. I'm going to repeat what I just said. Do you believe it should be forced on people? I don't currently have a smartphone. In a matter of weeks, I will not be able to participate in an absolute sense in your COVID nightmare. So I need a smartphone forced on me so I can participate in your group LARPing mind control nightmare. No, Your humanistic optimism points to something fucked up, people. Your belief that human beings can solve every... We can solve a lot, guys. We can solve a lot. We can fix a lot of problems, but I'll tell you this too. We create a bunch. And we often don't have the fucking common sense or dignity to admit when we're wrong. And what's worse, we won't admit we're wrong when it would help the most. Right now, for example. If you believe, 
Okay, let's just get right down to brass tacks. If you believe that Powell and Yellen, or whoever the fuck takes over in a few weeks, and I am talking the financial side of the government, not the the bozo that sits in the Oval Office, if you think they're going to print a ton of money and you have a, some sort of an arbitrage scheme to work with that, whatever. Buy your crypto. I would also recommend buying property above 200 to 300 foot sea level. You know, I would consider that too. And it's not about climate change rhetoric. It's about reality. But that being said, um, if you do that, if you want to do, just go out and do it, it's fine. If you want to believe that, that's probably not going to happen. I, I, I think people are looking at this horse, this race horse, and they're imagining in some optimistic, humanistic way that it can take another dose of steroids. And that's fucking crazy. I know there are people in my life who would say, Dan, you shouldn't drink. It's crazy to drink. Well, here's another newsflash for you. It's fucking crazy to believe that any of the stimulants, any of the stimulus, especially the stimulus we give to the powerful, is consequence-free. It's not. In fact, the consequences are fucking gigantic. Did I recommend reading stuff from the Bible about consequences? The consequences of this particular drug, this debt drug, are huge. You can look at it and say, well, Dan, I'm going to flip houses and I'm going to get my minus 8% loan and I'm going to do this. And you can believe all that shit you want to. I'm telling you, the racehorse is almost dead. This next shot, and this is also why you need to meditate on this. The reason why they're giving most of the money to people that really don't need it, even though it's all stolen money, is because they don't want you to spend it on food. They don't want you to spend it on actual shit. If you guys started going out and actually spending that huge two grand check on food, <laughs> I think we would find out very rapidly how fragile the logistics systems are right now. And we're not even in the heart of the game yet. They don't want ordinary people spending a billion dollars right now. They want to take some money to hide problems in the great investment scheme. They want to hide the failure of the Ponzi. So most of the money goes to the Ponzi. You didn't, if you don't know how a Ponzi scheme works, so sorry, I'm not going to teach you. But yeah, that's why most of the money has to go to the Ponzi, because the system is that broke. Your optimism tells you you're going to get a giant check to flip a home, to become a bibliolionaire. And I'm telling you that not only are you wrong in terms of consequences, but you're probably in a bad state vis-a-vis -vis Jesus if you're a Christian. Because Christ would also ask you, okay, while you were taking all this free money and while you were flipping all these houses, did you notice that your neighbors were drowning? Did you notice that their worlds were being destroyed? While you were bringing people electricity, did you notice what you were destroying? He's going to ask you questions on that last day. He will. Your heart is always questioned. You can say things like, well, I'm going to participate in the evil because that's all I can do. If that's all you're capable of, then fine. But I suggest we all accept the possibility that hell is going to be a very crowded place. And let's talk about that for a second too, by the way. Hell. You know, for those of you who have a humanistic optimism, um... And this is not salvation critical in my opinion. Hell comes in two basic flavors, according to many um, groups or sects within Christianity. And I don't believe this particular issue is salvation critical. One version of hell is the Roman pagan version. You know, you're tortured, you're on fire. Yeah, that's one version of hell. The other version of hell is simply non-existence. You're just, you're wiped out. Jesus takes the um, eraser and you're gone. And both of these versions of hell have existed almost from the beginning. And it's hard to say which one is true. It's up to you to pick the one you want. Okay? If I was as crooked a piece of shit as many of the crooked people are today, especially at the top, I think I'd prefer the eraser. But there are people out there who, you know, believe in the hell of H-E double toothpicks and there's a devil with a pitchfork constantly poking you down there. You know? It's going to be crowded, guys. I don't even know if I'm going to make it, you know. And, and, and I, I'm serious. I just don't know. I have my faith, but I have my 
absolute rage right now and my absolute sense of anger and judgment, which I don't think is mine, but it's there. I'm not going to lie about it. I'm not going to pretend it's not there. It's there. It's been there the whole fucking year. I have tried to bury it a lot like, you know, this is a lot like that movie Deliverance and the 1960s TVA projects of building dams in Georgia. Yeah, a lot like building that dam in Georgia. Stuff got buried under the water, but it's still there. A lot got buried by the beer, but it was always there. It was simply bubbling under the surface. We are all going to have to approach that point in time. Um... We will face that question, you know, before, before Jesus, or if you're an atheist, then I guess you have nothing to worry about. It, it, if you're an atheist and you believe in the, in the hell of non-existence and you're a terrible person, which means if you're an atheist or you believe in the hell of non-existence and you're an evil person, then your situation is the same in either case. You'll simply cease to exist. But if you believe in the other hell, I don't know. I think hell could be really crowded at this point. I think that hell, or another way of looking at it, no matter what hell is, I think, I don't think there's going to be a lot of people in heaven, guys. I don't know. I don't think as many as you might think. Like, there could be billions, maybe. Probably more like millions. I know, I know you don't want to hear, oh, gosh, damn, that's terrible. I don't know, because... Looking at this sort of from a statistical perspective, especially in terms of faith in Jesus, I'm not really sure it's that crazy. I think there are a lot of people alive today, but there are a lot of shitty people, and I'll include myself. So actually, maybe the real answer is heaven's going to be a rather, yeah, there's going to be a lot of empty planes. And, you know, God's infinite, so wow. We will all probably have our own solar system. Maybe our own rocket ships, rocket fleets, really. Maybe those crazy Dyson hot rods that Jim and I talked about. Where you take the sun and a black hole and you build a super starship powered by a giant black hole and a star. Maybe all that's right around the corner come millennium. I don't know. If you ask me this week, am I going to heaven? My answer would be no. But I also tell you, it's not, it's not my decision. It's God's. If you ask me this week, do I think Bill Gates is going to heaven? My answer would be definitely no. But it is still not my decision. It's God's. If you ask me this week, do I think the human race is in trouble? My answer is 100% yes. But whether or not we can be saved in this physical reality... Remember, guys, my paradigm is this. I do believe we live in a world of consequences, but we also live in a world of the Spirit. We are also surrounded by the Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ is always there. So yes, we live in a world of consequences, but that doesn't mean it's deterministic. It doesn't mean just because the human race might be facing down the barrel of a shotgun doesn't mean the trigger has to be pulled, whatever it is. And let's talk about this topic of the evil people. You know, yesterday I saw a post. I think it I think it was from Alyssa Milano and what's really funny, she has she has her she has this weird text message number on her on her um Twitter um Twitter profile. And I knew of course it could not possibly be her own home mobile real mobile number. But in, but I did text her. I text her you suck. I thought that was the most polite thing I could text somebody who was going to put their fucking mobile number on their Twitter profile. But in reality, it's just a fucking scam. You know, there are a lot of scams. This is just her scam. She must be worried. I mean, you've got to imagine. Guys, there are many hot air sub-economies in our neo-Stalinist hellhole, banking being one. But banking kind of is the great hot air generator. So if the banking industry is collapsing or in a bad state, that means you don't have as much hot air. Hollywood is maintained by continuous hot air. You probably would be surprised by how much just lingering debt there is there and, and a lot of insolvency. In fact, a lot of these Hollywood projects are just designed to barely break fucking even. And a lot of these Hollywood actors you think are so rich, yeah, they're rich, but a lot of them aren't so smart. And based on Alyssa Milano's tweets, she might be one of them. So her financial situation could be a lot dodgier 
than any of us could possibly surmise, thereby explaining the Alyssa Milano text message off topic. Yeah, so she's got a tweet, and she's tweeting, oh God, this is another reason why I'm never going to go back this Twitter bullshit. She tweets about all these people who are coming out against Trump. And keep in mind, I didn't vote for Trump. I don't support any of the people in the WWF SmackDown. I have no axe to grind and whether Hulk Hogan wins this year, not my issue. But one of the dignified names she parades out is Dick Cheney. Dick fucking Cheney. If someone calls themselves Dick, they might mean it ironically, but I got to be honest with you, in his case, it is 100% correct. Dick fucking Cheney. What kind of a moral imbecile in 2021 includes Dick fucking Cheney as anything other than a reference to the fucking devil? You want to know where the Overton window is? That's where it is. That's where you're at. Yes, Jesus saves, God has power, and the devil is a fallen angel with delusions of grandeur. But guys, the Lord in heaven gave us free will, and this is not Eden, and we have all the rope we need to hang ourselves. The Chongo clan, the Chongo clan, the Chongo clan is screaming in the street. The Chongo clan is screaming in the street, parasite warriors with bloody fingers and hungry eyes. Scratching for whatever morsel of rotten cheese they can find, stuck to that old Domino's pizza box down by the corner. They call it the pizza box of despair. The old and worn out plans of this wandering gypsy train and sweat-covered apes. Call forth the hooker cops, they all yell. Call forth the hooker cops, scream Queen Shambles, as the Belltown fuckheads steal worn-out cat pelts and old bottles of trucker urine. of trucker urine. Yeah. Call forth the hooker cops, screamed Queen Shambles as the Belltown fuckheads steal worn-out cat pelts and old bottles of trucker urine. Imbued with meth, of course. Called the oil of Olay, really. The oil of Olay. Bring the chief of police Scream the Queen, Queen Durkin, and the whore chiefs rubbed their feces on their own balls and pulled back their penis so it became a vagina. That is the Little Saigon Report for Monday, January the 4th, 2020. It is now just after 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If I have managed to piss off anybody, I hope the only people I'm pissing off are the actual cartoon soldiers. There, it's possible that I got angry today and called a person a cartoon soldier who's a real guy, who's actually real. 
But if you're real and you're still on Twitter, what the fuck is wrong with you? If you're talking about combat ops and you're on Twitter, what the fuck is wrong with you? You shouldn't be talking about it. You shouldn't even be on the web. You should be basically someplace, you know, on mission, if you're legit. And if you're legit and you're still on Twitter, I say again, what the fuck is wrong with you? Are you really trying to help them polish off their target list? Is that your goal? Because that's one of the things you're doing for them. You're helping them refine their target lists. Is that really the great victory you want to achieve? Are you just somebody who wants to just eat pig in the desert and mock people in the cities as they die? And what kind of a piece of shit does that, really? Motherfucker. But here's a thing that all motherfuckers in the world should know. I do believe in God, though I don't know that I'll ever go to heaven. But I do believe that the screams of people dying can be heard in the heart. I heard the screams this last year, but I didn't really want to, so I drank a lot. I'm still hearing the screams, and yeah, it's not great. You can be in the middle of the jungle, Antarctica, or on Mars if such a place exists. If they start killing lots of people and you have a soul, you're going to feel it. Before it's too late, I think we all need to get our shit together. Or heaven is going to be a very lonely place, really. I mean, there could be 10 million people in heaven, maybe a billion people, I don't really know. I don't think everybody goes to heaven, so it's really a question of numbers. But let's say there's a billion people in heaven. Still, it's the infinite universe, so that's not a very big number. A billion people would be lonely if we create a civilization at 20 miles. So really, imagine the whole thing, the whole universe, a billion people for a thousand years in the kingdom. I don't know the number. Jesus knows the number. But I will tell you, if there is a hell, based on what I've seen in the last year, if there's a hell and it isn't non-existence but perpetual doom and pain, Hell's about to become a really crowded place.